All right. Our next guest is moving to the big time, moving out to L.A. We have uh, Mr. Jory Rand, who is a media sports legend here in Pittsburgh, moving to, moving to the West Coast. Jory, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, my. Legendary status. Now, yes. I think the only thing legendary about me is knowing Bob Pompiani. Knowing Bob Pompiani. I, I don't know. You, you've, made some, you've, you've made some ground, Jory. You know, you've, uh, you're definitely uh, probably the, the second busiest guy in KDKA, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Definitely. So um, what, what's going on? You're moving out to L.A. You, uh, gonna be, I guess you're going to be yeah. covering the Kings out there, huh? Yeah, I'm actually in L.A. right now, checking out, uh, trying to learn my, my uh, future home. Definitely. Highways and byways. How, how is it out there? It is. It's gorgeous. It gorgeous. is absolutely gorgeous. Any you know any doubts that I had? I, I love Pittsburgh, and we consider ourselves Pittsburghers now. But uh-huh. any doubts I had, the, the moment we land, it's just beautiful. So definitely, I'm. I for one, I'm jealous. I've always been a, a warm weather ocean guy. I, lo- I love Pittsburgh, and I, I've loved it more since I moved directly into the city from the suburbs. But but yeah, you can't beat the can't beat that type of scenery and that weather. Yeah, if I had to leave Pittsburgh, this this is a good place to land. Yes, definitely. So um, I wanted to – you kind of left right in the middle of uh, the chaos that is the Penguins situation. Uh, I, I wanted to get your take on that. Did you find it odd that that, that uh, Dan is still the coach after they fired uh, – after after they fired general manager Ray Shira? I found it odd. I still find it odd. I'm I'm not exactly sure what they're doing, and I'm not even sure if they know – they know what they're doing. It's it's a bizarre situation, and the more I talk to the, the people who are there every day who cover the team, mm-hmm. the more bizarre it seems to get. And it, you know, the, the worse the Penguins kind of seem to look here. Um, I don't know what they're doing. I think everyone kind of expected Dan Bilesma to be fired uh, when they called that press conference. It didn't happen, mm-hmm. and I think we can just all assume it's going to happen, which makes it even weirder that it hasn't happened. Yeah, I mean, I, from what I've been hearing, it, it pretty much sounds like it's a, a condition of the hiring for the, the general manager that they want Dan gone. So to me, it, I, I, you know, I just wonder, I, I heard a comment on Facebook, and I, I was reading after the event, and, and the one comment that I found very interesting was a gentleman said that the team that is known for not being tough in the league is bringing someone else in to fire their head coach. Yeah, well, the most bizarre, the most bizarre thing that I can the way to describe this is Ray Sherrill was basically fired for not firing Dan Bilesma, and then the team themselves won't fire Dan Bilesma. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the most ironic thing about it is Ray Sherrill is blamed for not firing him, so why won't they fire him? It, it really it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. The only thing I, I've heard is, is uh, Paul Staggerwald. I heard him in an interview saying that they want to – use that to get information, but what information is he going to give if he knows he's on his way out? Yeah, I think the only information that, it, that the new general manager will need is five years of uh, playoff underachievement. Yeah. So that, all the evidence is on tape. There's nothing new they're going to learn that they don't know already about uh, what this team has done and what it hasn't done over the last five years since they won the Cup. Absolutely, and going into the draft as, as a player being drafted, right now as it stands, Pittsburgh would be the last team I would want to be drafted by. I mean, they just don't trust their young players. Yeah, well, if you're a young forward, they don't. And yeah. uh, some of their young, you know, only Matta is a guy who they, they kind of gave a shot before anyone thought he'd even be considered for it. So, it, you know, if, if you've got it for whatever reason, um, they, they didn't trust Simone Dupre, 
and they haven't trusted a couple of other guys who have some high pedigree. Uh, but you're right, it is it, it is tough, and then you have the the mess that is the head coach, the, the general manager, and the mess of you know how hard it is to play with Sidney Crosby if that's an actual thing or whether that's just a, you know a line that's just kind of been thrown out there and taken as gospel. It, you're right. It, what once was kind of Camelot of the NHL now just uh, has kind of fallen apart and looks like a pretty good train wreck right now. Yeah. Jory, in hindsight, would you have brought back Rob Scuderi? I had said when they brought him in, and everyone said I was crazy and I got a lot of venom for this, but I said I would not have brought him in in the first place. I felt they should have used that money towards the third and fourth lines. Well, I would have. I can tell you I wouldn't have signed him to a four-year deal. Yeah. And, I mean, even a three-year deal. Hello? Jory? I think we may have lost Mr. Rand. I have no idea what happened there. Okay. All right. Well, um. So why don't oh, you. Oh, 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 what was that? Turn off the thing. Yep. Uh, turn, turn off the phone. Okay. Okay. We'll uh, wait. We'll hopefully he'll we'll, give us a call we'll see, back We'll here. see if we can get him back here. Okay. There he's calling he us so back. I, gonna... I'll get him on the line. You just keep talking. All right. So, uh, yeah, we were talking about Mr. Scuderi and uh, lost Jory there for a second, but he's going to be on here in just a second. All right, we're back. Yeah, I guess this is what happens when you're driving around a, a town you don't know. You hit dead zones. I, I understand. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we were talking about Scuderi. You said you would have brought him back for a three-year deal. Yeah, I just think it's such it's such an anchor on them right now, the fact that he's locked up for so for so long and they can't buy him out. He doesn't get the amnesty because he signed the contract after the new CBA. It's just... It's just a bad move. If they if they wanted to bring Rob Scuderi back for a year or two, and if it didn't work out, that's fine. You just kind of eat it. And there's also a chance. I mean, we were saying these same things about Paul Martin yeah. when the team signed him. They, you know, he looked like he was going to be the worst defenseman they'd ever had, and he's now their best player. I mean, he's now their best defenseman by far. And so there's a there's a chance that's going to happen with Rob Scuderi. It's not a very big chance. It's kind of like um, the Pirates but, expecting everybody to just kind of come yeah. in and. You know, take off. Exactly. Well, what the problem is the Penguins bought Rob Scuderi for his value from four years ago before yeah. he left the Penguins. Absolutely. And that just kind of speaks to my point, though, is you've got all these young guys sitting on a shelf down in the minor leagues. And what do we get them for if we're not going to trade them for forwards or we're not going to bring them up to play? What good are they for the franchise? Yeah. No, you're right. And that was probably one of the more frustrating aspects. Of, of this season is a fact. And, and if you read the transcript of uh, what Mary Lemieux and Ron Burkle said after mm-hmm. the move is that um, they would have liked to have seen some of these young guys been given a chance. Um, because not only it helps your product on the ice, but it really helps your financial situation. You don't have to go out there, like you said, and spend money on veteran players like Rob Scuderi. You, you can get kind of uh, equal output for a tenth of the price. You know, you're, you're paying a, an entry-level contract as opposed to paying millions of dollars. Absolutely. It's uh, Brian Crawford with Jory Rand of KDKA. Jory, what is your favorite moment, or what are some of your favorite moments as a member of the Pittsburgh media? I think there are two that stand out more, more than any. Uh-huh. Um, and one just happened recently last fall was the, the Pirates and the Reds playoff game. Uh-huh. Was the the most amazing atmosphere I've been around at a sporting event. It was just incredible. PNC Park was alive from start to finish. And the effect the crowd had 
on Cueto, and he dropped the ball. It was it was it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And the other was the Penguins Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um, it was you know I had just come to Pittsburgh the year before and immediately jumped right into a Stanley Cup run. That was the year they lost. Yes. The year the year they won, they again were expected to lose to Detroit. The home team had won the first six games of the series, so you go back to Detroit expecting the Red Wings to win, and they do it. And uh, we're all, you know, the, the media contingent is all out onto the ice at uh-huh. Joe Louis Arena. We're on the ice interviewing players while they're celebrating. It was, it was one of the more amazing. And being a hockey guy and yes. being around that atmosphere, it was just kind of the thing, one of the kind of things you dream about growing up. So to, to be able to be in that atmosphere was incredible. Definitely, and to go on with your uh, your talk about the the Pirates in that wild card game, I was actually in the city just uh, down just down past Market Square, and you could actually hear the crowd from Market Square, and you can almost feel the energy all the way uh, across the river. It was uh, really an interesting experience, even from afar. Yeah, I believe it. When you can get a standing ovation on a strike one call, uh-huh. you're you're in a you're in a special place. Definitely. I, I think one of my favorite memories, uh, it's, maybe it's a collective grouping, but I, I always enjoyed you at the Mike Tomlin press conferences, and I don't think the Mike Tomlin press conferences will ever be the same without you. Well, I appreciate that. It's funny. I'm leaving shortly. Tim Benz uh, just left Pittsburgh as well. Mm-hmm. He was another guy that gave uh, Mike Tomlin a hard time. So we're trying to pass the hat and see who's going to be the guy to kind of take him to task. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, definitely. But that was always a a great time. And uh, just talking a little bit about the Pirates, what what do you think their their biggest issue is this year? Do you think it's a, a direct correlation with their failure to, you know, enhance the team in the the off season? Oh, there's no doubt. And you kind of knew going into this season that to to repeat what they did last year, you would need to have another career year out of guys who just had a career year. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, it's so rare that they're able to do that. And so the fact that you assume some of those guys aren't going to do it again, they're not going to repeat that kind of performance, um, you need to add to the roster. And when, when instead of what, what they did was they subtracted, they lost A.J. Burnett, they didn't bring Justin Morneau back, and you bring in Edinson Volquez, which looked like it might be a decent enough move to start, and even if he continued to pitch the way he did his first three outings, the rest of the staff hasn't kind of followed suit. So they, they are just top to bottom. They are a worse team now than they were before. And then you lose Jamison Tyone coming up midseason, which you, you would have expected would have been a boost. We're going to see Gregory Polanco here in the next couple of weeks, but it's, it's not enough, and it might be too little too late. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that frustrates me with, with Pirate fans in general is they – you know, ever since last year, they have this sense of almost, you know, the hardcore ones, this, you know, sense of arrogance. And they, you know, always try and compare it with the Steelers and, and Penguins. But the Steelers and Penguins, I, I know it's a different system. They're in a salary cap, but they're always spending to the cap. There's no, you know, there, there's no holding back from ownership that there seems to be with the with the Pirates. Yeah, no, you're you're right. And, you know, people get on the Pirates you know, I, I haven't really had a problem with how they've spent up until this year. Uh-huh. You know, they had a plan and they stuck to it, and it and it worked. I mean, it really did. If you're a small market baseball team, this is how you have to do business. And, yeah. and they they did it, and they 
when I first got here, their minor league system really was a joke. I mean, it really wasn't an, an exaggeration to say they had nothing in the cabinet. So they, they did the big sell-off. You know, Jason Bay was gone, and every, every piece they had they could squeeze a prospect out of, they did. And they changed their philosophy in terms of drafting, and it, and it seems to have worked. But you reach a point where the crowds show up, you start making money, you're now a playoff team, and you kind of don't follow through on that. Well, on one hand, I understand this is how they've done business and why stop now when you have success. But on the other hand, they seem like they could have been a piece or two away, yeah. and they didn't, they didn't go for it. You know, they kind of whipped, and now we're seeing the fruit of that. And not only that, but uh, from my understanding, Bob Nutting had pledged to increase spending as ticket revenues went up and as the team started succeeding. And, and to me, this well, is... Well, they, they have. I mean, they're... they're their payroll is over $70 million right now, and I think their opening day payroll was more than it was last year. But that's also a product of signing guys. You know, you, you have to – the longer you keep guys, Andrew McCutcheon is going to start entering some big money phase now. And mm-hmm. you face arbitration with six guys, and, and everyone's salary continues to go up. So in that sense, your, your payroll does go up. I mean, that's just kind of built into the system. It, it does, but it's, it's arbitrary. It's not him going out and adding new pieces to the puzzle. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, but uh, yeah, definitely, I appreciate you having you on, and uh, definitely enjoy the nightly sports uh, calls on on KDK. Will not be the same without you. Uh, oh, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. Thank you, Joy. I appreciate it, and uh, enjoy your time out in the sun. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Yep, that's Joy Rand. I am the Brain, Brian Crawford on ninety one point nine WCAL Cal U's best music.